Welcome to the CFX Connections podcast. CFX aims to educate and connect the people producing church services with those seeking to provide a better experience to their community. My name is Tyler Reagan, and I'll be hosting this month's podcast uh, as a leadership consultant and uh, for years ran an organization called Catalyst. I've had the privilege of working with churches all over the uh, U.S. and some international. And our guest today is someone who does very similar things in a different, uh, little different lane than I was in. So I'm excited to have Brian Dodd with us today. Uh, Brian's the executive director of New Ministry Relationships for Enjoy Stewardship Solutions, where he helps churches fully fund their mission and vision. And over the last 18 years, he has spent the day, uh, spent each day having one-on-one conversations with many of the greatest leaders in America. He has 30 years of church volunteer and staff experience, and he runs a popular Brian Dodd on Leadership website, which was recently ranked, Brian, I want to know about this, 13th most read Christian leadership uh, on the web. So I'm, I'm pretty impressed with that, Brian. Welcome to the uh, podcast today. Oh, Tyler, I tell you, it's a pleasure to be with you. A uh, huge fan of you and your work and Catalyst over the years and huge fan of CFX and all the things that they've done to help churches throughout their uh, throughout their time. And look, that uh, that ranking on the podcast, <laughs> it's kind of one of those that if you just stay around long enough and be That's fair. You will you will outlast a lot of people. <laughs> well, and uh, are you like me at all? When when somebody reads like a long paragraph about you when you're sitting there listening, it's just a little bit uncomfortable. It is extremely uncomfortable, <laughs> and it literally is. And I'm sure you can relate to this. It really is like they're talking about somebody else. Yeah, you're always kind of looking over, like, is it okay? All right, well, yeah. uh, but you know what's good about it, and Brian, I uh, I think this is pretty cool. Is is God's used you in some some ways, and and. Uh, some neat ways, especially when it comes to stewardship and being faithful when it comes to that. And, you know, I think we're living in a day and age, too, where success is defined so many different ways. But the Bible's pretty clear that success is being faithful. And so right. based on what I read right there and what I know about you, um, I think you've been very successful in the way that you've stayed faithful. And so thanks for being a faithful leader and someone who cares about the ministry like you do. Well, that's very kind. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, the local church changed my life. Yeah. Um, you know, it changed my life 40 years ago now, believe it or not. Once again, getting some some age on me. Um, but yeah, to be used by God and ha- handpicked by God to reinvest in the organism slash organization, you know, that changed, yeah. changed my life is, is really humbling and a privilege. So, so tell us a little bit for those that don't know you, Brian, a little bit about who you are and, and really the world that you like to, that you live in. Yeah. Dev- well, you know, uh, I'm sure you can relate to this. The number one world I live in is I'm Sonia Dodd's husband and Anna Dodd's father. There you go. Uh, that's that's the number one world I live in. Uh, Sonia and I have been married 29 years. Uh, she's on staff at Piedmont Church in Marietta, Georgia. My daughter, Anna, just graduated from Liberty, and she's the youth worship and tech coordinator at North Metro Church in Marietta, Georgia. Yeah. So Anna... Anna grew up and joined the family business, so I'm I'm thrilled about that. And uh, so, yeah, Bennett Enjoy, like you said, 18 years. I help uh, pastors and church leaders with leadership development and also fully funding their mission and vision. And uh, my night time is I've authored two books. The most recent is Timeless, 10 Enduring Practices of Apex Leaders, and and I run the website, Brian.on Leadership. And uh, so between all of that, that, that fills up a day. And I'm a volunteer at my local church. I'm at Enjoy all day during the day. And I'm like every other volunteer. I attend yeah. leadership meetings. I serve on Sundays. 
you know, I do what everybody else does. And uh, it's definitely a full but very fulfilling life. So uh, you're in the in the kind of stewardship, fundraising for churches, ministry um, space. When did that happen for you? Because today we're going to talk practically about annual planning and annual funding. Yeah. But what what's a part of your story that really intersected with that, that all of a sudden the next, you know, 18 years of your life is spent in that space? Yeah, there was really two things. Intersection is a good word. Two things that really did it. And I'll try to be extraordinarily brief. Number one, John Maxwell is my spiritual hero. Uh, and I know Catalyst was birthed out, right. of, out of John's ministry. And so was Enjoy Stewardship. And all, all I knew is I wanted to work for John. You know, he was my spiritual hero. I was reading his books, listening yep. to the old Enjoy Life Club cassette tapes. And he moved his uh, corporate offices to Atlanta. And so I wanted to work for him. It took me five years to get hired. <laughs> and there was a situation in 2002 where me and Sonia hit the most difficult stretch we ever did as a family. And uh, things were really desperate. I was about six months away from losing my home. And Sonia said, hey, we've always heard you can't outgive God. Let's raise our giving from 10% to 15%. Put the extra 5% on something called Precept Ministries with Kay Arthur, because that meant a lot to Sonia. And let's see if God could do a miracle. And about four weeks after doing that, I got a phone call from a friend of mine. He said, I'm at the Enjoy offices. They're hiring and they want to talk to you. And so really for the last 18 years of my life, I've pretty much spent every day of it telling pastors and church leaders, either on Zoom calls or yep. phone calls, board meetings, anything like that, the incredible joy that can come to a human life when they trust God on a generous and sacrificial level. So that's where those two have intersected. That's amazing. And uh, for those that don't know, you know, again, John Maxwell is, uh, um, we've, I think you and I'd probably refer to him as like a godfather of, <laughs> of modern leadership and, and especially with a faith-based background um, like John has. And um, Enjoy really came out of a heartbeat to serve the church, wouldn't you say? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, John is the OG. I mean, there, yeah. is, no, there is no doubt about it. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, anybody that grew up in like the 80s and 90s, John Maxwell was one of your influencers. Right. And uh, so, yeah, he was he was definitely mine. Here's the great. Here's the best thing I can say about John Maxwell, because I literally got to work with him, was on book tours with him, things right. of that nature. When you meet your spiritual hero, he was my spiritual hero before I met him and went to work for Enjoy. 18 years later, he's still my spiritual hero. Yep. And I got to be on the road, see behind the curtain, be in tough meetings, all those things. And not only did John not diminish in my eyes, he actually went up in it. Yeah. And that's that's such a rare quality for leaders these days. Right. When you the closer you get to them, the more you respect them. Uh, a lot of times you'll read something, you'll watch something and uh, the cl and then you get to know somebody. You're like, that's a little different than, than what I read or what I saw in you. And I think you and I both are so passionate that who we are and how we um, carry ourselves as believers is mission critical to continuing to grow in that um, giving God glory in what we do. Right. Exactly. So, so let's get practical with this. Um, Cause a lot of the listeners are going to want to know, like, this is a really uh, I think for some leaders, uh, annual funding plans are uh, it's like me, like, I like to make sure I know kind of where everything is, but I don't know that I want to make sure A through Z is in the right spot. <laughs> like that's a lot of work. 
Why is this so important in your mind that, that people develop an annual funding plan? Well, let's go back to John Maxwell. You know, the Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. But John adds where there is no resources, the vision perishes. Hmm. And so, you know, you're, you're with CFX. So you're wanting, and we can talk about, you know, the changing facilities and what that could look like. But facilities facilitate the missional activity of, of human life change in people's lives. And so every church has a ministry plan, facility plan, and a funding plan. Ministry plan, core values, strategic outreach, mission, you know, local missions, global missions, children's programming, all of that. That is, you know, that's, that's ministry plan. Facility plan, brick, mortar, infrastructure, curbing, yellow lines, buildings, campuses, online campuses. Its job is to facilitate the ministry plan. And then the funding plan is the fuel that makes it go. So the more fuel you have heading into the facility plan, the more you can facilitate what God wants to do. So you want to be fully funded so that you can do all the ministry that God's called your church to do. But yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. But if I'm a, you know, a leader right now, I'm going, man, how do I do, where do I even start with that conversation? All right. So I'll help you out with uh, that. I'm going to give a very fast overview, just water ski over it. Uh, if you want to drill down on any of these, we can Great. do that. But when I talk to church leaders and I say, tell me about your annual funding plan, their default answer is to tell me what their budget is. Yep. And the budget is not the funding plan. The budget is the spending plan. So what you want to do is fully fund it so that the budget can then do its work. So let's talk about, like you said, practically how to do that. I'm going to walk you through seven things very, very quickly, and it's going to map out over the course of 12 months. In January, you want to do what's called a preaching system. Nothing changes a human heart like the Word of God. So when people don't give, it's usually for uh, three primary reasons. Uh, number one, they've never been taught. Number two, that they can't. We'll get to that in just a second. Number three could just be disobedience or sin. But in January, you want to do a sermon series. Uh, and here's why. People are in debt from Christmas. They're making New Year's resolutions and they're setting up their annual budgets. Right. You want to answer the questions people are asking when they're, when they're asking them. So January is when you want to implement your preaching system. And a system is something that happens over and over and over. So I would do this every January. Then what happens, we'll move to the second system. As people hear the word of God and hear the preaching, they'll say, okay, I get it. I want to win with my money God's way. What do I need to do? Then you route them and build systems to take them into stewardship education classes. And that's Dave Ramsey, FPU. That's Joe Sangle. I was broke. Now I'm not. Joe owns our company. But you want to route them at that point into stewardship education, get them on a budget, uh, help them work the giving to the church into their lifestyle and then begin that process. Okay. Yep. Third, third system. Once they're now in stewardship education and once they're beginning to start giving, you want to develop a first time giver system. Okay. When, when people give money for the very first time to a local ministry, uh, that is a spiritual decision, not a financial one. Because what they've done is they have made the cognitive decision after being taught what God says about it and being equipped to act on it, 
they're making the conscious decision to say, I am going to trust God with what the world trusts most, money and possessions. So you have to, you have to respond to that. What, Andy Stanley, what gets rewarded gets repeated. So yep. when somebody gives that first time gift, you almost treat it almost like when somebody gets baptized. You get them in that discipleship process. I recommend the small gift. Randy Alcorn's book, The Treasure Principle, is perfect. It's a small book. It's not intimidating. And it just says, here's what God does with the human life when you trust him with your finances. Wonderful book. So now I've actually probably taken you through March from the January sermon to the education class to the first time giver. When we get into April and May, that's when you really want to emphasize your digital giving system. That's the fourth one. And the reason you want to do a complete digital giving system overhaul and just review and audit of it, several reasons, but I'll just hit it from a calendar perspective. Summer's coming. If you get people digitally giving and get them on recurring giving, let them go on vacation, let them do their travel sports. You know, they're still going to be able to fund the work that God's doing at your church. And by the way, a digital giving system is so important because it is the number one thing that prevents a summer slump. And it also is the number one thing that engages the next generation in generosity. My daughter is 22 years old. Like I said, she doesn't even know what the checkbook is. So if you're relying on checks and cash to fund your ministry, you have unknowingly disenfranchised an entire generation in the generosity process. Okay. So now we're rolling. Now we're rolling the summer high capacity giver system. These are the wealthy people. Uh, This is a, this is a, you know, podcast interview in and of itself. But ultimately, wealthy people have no absence of people asking them for funds and no absence of options. So ultimately, what they wind up funding is people they trust and people they have a relationship with. The reason you want to dedicate summer to your high capacity givers is it is a time for for relationships. It's outdoor cooking. It's ball games. It's going to the lake. And for the most part, unless it's mission trips, Ministries are not really asking anyone for any kind of sacrificial gifts during the summer. So it's a way to build that relationship. And ultimately, when that happens, this is what the the generosity champion or the high capacity giver will say. Hey, pastor, it's been great hanging out. Tell me what we got coming up at the church. And then you can say, well, we're still kind of formulating our fall plans. But hey, since you asked, you know, thank you, number one. Number two, I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Yep. Because then they're investing in it. Then they become owners of the idea and owners of the concept, and they're more likely to invest. We now head in the fall. Number six, the special offering uh, system. A lot of churches have a heart for the house offering or a be rich campaign or a harvest offering. Uh, Some mainline denominations do their annual campaigns in the fall. And obviously I'm in capital campaigns. You got capital campaigns in the fall, but every fall you want to cultivate the attitude of generosity through some time of special giving. By the way, on the preaching system also, you can do it when everybody comes back from school. And then of course, if you do the preaching system in September, 
then you're going to want to have stewardship education right behind it. Right. And, then you, and then you're going to want to have first time givers right behind it. So that, yep. and, and you never want to miss those natural uh, ebbs and flows where attendance is at its peak. Exactly. And at the time of our recording, Tyler, year in giving systems, number seven. Yep. And uh, so that's going to be coming up Christmas offerings, year in offerings. That's going to be coming up in the next month. And those are the seven systems that every church must have to be fully funded. So when I'm talking to a pastor, I work with a church. The first thing I'm doing is auditing the success of these seven giving systems before I begin, you know, looking at anything related to, you know, what it, is the church funded or not? Yeah. So, so Brian, I, th- I love all those steps because I think it's super helpful for people to see how they break down. And, and again, if you adjust to August, September, just remember how those lay out. Um, how, how is that so important when a season like 2020 comes upon us, right? Like when, when a pandemic hits and, you know, you, which again, we've all, this is our first one, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a new thing, but there are always going to be things that kind of derail uh, the economy like 2008 or different things like that. How do you see an annual plan playing so much of an important part into keeping us afloat during those seasons? Yeah, because ultimately systems are recession proof and systems are pandemic proof. Yeah. Now, that won't say you won't be negatively affected and you won't have to readjust. And here's the famous word pivot within the systems. But in terms of the natural calendar and and in terms of the natural things you do, the systems provide the framework that provide the ongoing ministry. It's kind of like they say with Navy SEALs. Navy SEALs, their muscle memory gets to be 95%. So they don't, they can use 5% to think about what they do and 95% to think about adjustment. Yeah. Systems allow you to spend all your time thinking about adjustments and how to minister to people in a changing environment while your financial systems continue to move forward. So what would you say, you know, as we're moving, we're finishing up 2020 and moving to 2021 and you know, there's still a lot of uncertainty, a lot of crazy stuff going on, but what are a couple of keys that you would put in place or get in the minds of leaders, whether it's church leaders, nonprofit leaders, as they're moving into this next season, specifically coming around funding and, and paying attention to the stewardship of what we're leading? Yeah, I, I think uh, there's really four things if I'm talking to people about preparing for 21. Uh, January has five Sundays in it. Yeah. Uh, the first Sunday is January 3rd. It's obviously a holiday weekend. The church that I consulted with yesterday, I think people need to be changing their thinking from recovering from 2020 to 20. Instead of recovering from the past, 2020 was a reset for the future. And you never want to waste a crisis. Yep. And so I helped this pastor. We're beginning to put together a, 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 a sermon for that day of everything God did great during 2020. We will look back on 2020 and say, man, wasn't it great having that much time with our family? Yep. Wasn't it great, you know, stripping away the non-essentials in our life? Wasn't it great not having the hustle and bustle? You know, we're going to think back on, wasn't it, didn't we get closer to God and trust him at a level that we never had before because we were desperate for him? Those are going to be, so we're going to, I would say, figure out and spend the last week of this year that from Christmas to New Year's, figuring out everything God did great in 2020 and reset and build on it. So number one, I would plan for success. 
Number two, churches' mental health challenges. You need, from a, from a ministry perspective, to position yourself to prepare for the mental health issues that are going to be coming out of 2020. Yeah. Funding-wise, get out of debt. If you're a church in debt, I cannot recommend enough that you address that in 2021. Uh, every family I know is addressing it, and every church family needs to address it. From a facilities perspective, a couple of things off the uh, or a few things off the top of my head. Uh, number one, think of your sanctuary now as a TV studio, not a traditional sanctuary. Think of the Tonight Show, two, three hundred people in a room, and uh, really structured there. Now, from a facility standpoint, you're looking at staging, lighting, sound, seats technology to upgrade your own upgrade your online experience those type of things yeah um, america is the only country in the world where children run it so we're not going to be scaling back on children's facilities and if anything they're going to get bigger because of social distancing bigger hallways bigger classrooms things of that nature upgrade your children's facilities and uh, th here's an outside the box idea airnasiums Outdoor space. Yeah, you'll want you'll want to plan for that. And here's the thing to have margin. Uh, don't want this to get political, but you know, need to potentially plan for another shutdown just in case, and have margin in terms of your staffing, in terms of your finances, and things of that nature to be able to deliver ministry to your people if a if a national shutdown takes place. Yeah. So just do those things, right, Brian? That's it. That's it. And then you're set. There's, hey, you don't need to buy any planners. You don't need to go to any conferences except CFX. And I have just prepared you for 2021. So. Man, I, I took notes because I'm, I'm prepared. It's interesting because you can lay this over a ministry, but you can also lay this over your own personal life, right? And, and, a, and a big part of that is all of us have to take this time and really reset a little bit. How are we doing with our own personal finances, with our own stewardship? What, why would that be important to you as you think about someone leading an organization that way? Okay. So let's talk about from a leadership perspective, the most important thing you can do in 2021. And this goes to a whole concept of my leadership teachings, but Leadership in 2021 does not need to get more complicated or more innovative or anything of that nature. It needs to get more fundamental and more foundational. Everything yeah. rises and falls on leadership. Yeah. John Maxwell, you must, as a leader, develop a plan for your own personal growth in 2021. So that whatever comes our way, good, bad, or indifferent, whatever comes our way, we have become the type of leader that can manage that. There's two forms of leadership that, that needs to be talked about. One is leadership skills. You want to develop leadership skills. That's developing the skills, talents, and abilities to accomplish a task or assignment given to you by God. Okay, that's what most people think about. When you go to a conference, I'm going there to, to get two or three takeaways, or I'm reading a book to get two or three takeaways. That's leadership skills. Um, Leader, that's leadership development. Leader development is becoming the type of man or woman that God can use to accomplish a skill, task, or assignment given to you by him. And those are two completely different things. So whenever we see a, a pastor uh, have a fall, okay, 
or, or for that matter, any leader have a fall. What has happened is they've worked so much on their skills, talents, and abilities, right. and not on their leader development. Their skills, talents, and abilities have taken them to a place their character cannot sustain them. And so whatever may come in 2021, if I'm working on my personal growth and becoming the type of person that God can use, both from a skill perspective and from a character perspective, then whatever comes in 2021, me and the organization I lead will be able to sustain it. I love that. So one last question I have for you, Brian, this is something I always like to ask. And, um, yeah. you know, I guess since I'm in charge of hosting this one, I can ask it, but, um, what I, I hear you talk about leadership, you know, how much I love leadership. Um, what would you say to 22 year old Brian Dodd that has sustained you something you've learned as a leader that if you knew that at 22, it would have given you just significant amount of momentum and energy and growth from day one. Yeah, I'd say get one percent better every day. Uh, that 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 would be the that would be what I would tell the 22 year old Brian Dodd. Brian, you don't have to be the president of the company at age 22. Just get a little bit better every day. You know, build one more relationship every day. Read 30 pages out of a good book every day. Uh, you know, uh, network properly. Just one percent better yep. every day. Yep. Uh, just a little bit every day. And I would teach myself about the power of a compounding life. And if I get a little bit better every day, I'm going to wake up at 30, 40, 50 years old, accomplishing more than I ever dreamed was even possible. Yep. The other thing I would say is, you know, Brian, focus on your character. Mm. If you don't focus on your character, um, there, there will be an end point no matter how smart you get, no matter how talented you get, no matter what your resources or network or anything like that looks like, if you don't also develop your character at an equal pace, yep. then ultimately you'll be somebody they talk about at conferences. That's right. Cause it can take you years to build that trust and that influence and that integrity and days to lose it. And, yeah. and um, I think that's such good advice for all young leaders. And so, Hey, Brian, if people want to know more, connect with you, you know, find the book, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. A couple of different places. You can go to brian.onleadership.com. I usually post about five or six times a week, just leadership. What? Thoughts five or having. six times a week, Brian, way to go. Hey, content is king. Consistency <laughs> is queen. Don't ever forget that. So, uh, Twitter is at Brian K Dodd, Brian with an I. And uh, look, if anybody wants to talk about leadership, funding their projects, uh, anything of that nature, books, I love books, uh, you know, honored to serve your audience any way I possibly can. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Brian, and sharing your valuable wisdom. Thanks to everyone who's listened. Uh, we encourage you to connect with Brian, as we mentioned. And then next time on our podcast, we'll be talking with Haley Veteris and Stephen Brewster about social media marketing. So check back with us on that.